Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, July 16th, and it's time for ten dozen minutes of hacking and wheezing with Jake and Mr. Skullhead. I am Mr. Skullhead, and Jake will be with us directly. Hello, Mr. Skullhead. Yo-ho, Mr. Jake. How are you doing, sir? I've been better, but... Uh, yeah? Has anything interesting happened since the last time we did a radio show? I've certainly been worse. I can say that. But, uh, yep, I've uh, been on some medical leave from the radio. Um, two weeks ago, I had some kind of feverish, lungy, stabby thing that progressed to deep vein thrombosis in my leg and uh, some pulmonary embolisms in my lungs. Multiple pulmonary embolisms? Yes. When that happens, does your lungs stop working? No, that just means that there was a clot in your lungs. I actually read... So part of it wasn't getting blood or something? Yeah, I graduated from that to pulmonary infarct, which means that uh, parts of my lung, and they assured me very small parts that I won't miss, are just dead forever. But they said, yeah, I did lose a little tissue. And so I was in the hospital from July 4th until July 11th. So it was a solid week of uh, just regularly getting poked. And then trying to figure out why my blood was too thick in some places and too thin in others. And having Mm -hmm. me on uh, really strong antibiotics to try and break whatever was happening in the lungs. And yeah, so slowly I'm pulling myself out of that shit. Feel, uh, Maybe it's just in the left half of your body because your left brain knows that blood is not actually thicker than water, but your right brain poetically insists that it is. Mm. I guess it actually is. I don't know. Blood is. How, totally uh, how's your leg? You said uh, the last time I the last time I spoke to you, you said your leg was still pretty pretty effed up. It's a little bigger than it ought to be, so I'm still a little bit of swelling. But uh, yeah, the, the clots are going down, and I'm on. Uh, I'll, it looks like I'll be on a pill every day for the rest of my life. That's what they're saying. And uh, I'll be on some injections twice a day that I get to do to myself for at least another week. And uh, ah, you have to you have to inject things into your own bloodstream. Just into the like the fatty tissue, so like in my stomach where there's a lot of fatty tissue hanging around. Because I don't think that they would let you do it if you had to ha- to find a vein because the after a week in the hospital, the fucking nurses can barely find a vein on me. So, hmm. I'm all bruised. Is it because your veins were all hiding? Yeah. Well, I'm all bruised up and stuff from getting all stuck with needles. Yeah. That sucks, man. I Like, having an IV is just obnoxious and gross. See, I thought it sucked that I had to have the IV and then they came twice a day to draw blood. I was like, why can't the IV work like two ways you know can't couldn't it just be like a blood spigot yeah but apparently you don't get a blood spigot unless you're really 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 sick and they're going to be needing to draw a lot of blood or give you a bunch of stuff instead of blood yeah like red wine say mm. or uh laudanum or something i don't know what is it that they gave to tom cruise to trick him into drinking a dead chid a dead chid's blood Child, kid. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was laudanum. I mean, Shit. Kirsten Dunst played that practical joke on Tom Cruise. I like to pretend that every movie we ever see is real, but it's yeah. just the actors are going by different names. That practical joke where she tried to murder him. Yeah. 
Comics that is fairly practical. Uh, well, so other than that, Mrs. Lincoln. All right. It's been Hi, so you, you just well. have to take, like, blood pressure medication? Is that the thing, or are you taking, like, Coumadin or something? Coumadin. Blood thinners. I, I tried to get just a gypsy to, to, like, touch my blood and go, thinner, but I couldn't. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I just have to have some blood thinners forever. I have a little metal spider in one of my veins right now, because sometimes when you leave the hospital, you get to say sentences that make it sound like you've just been, like, on a whiskey and heroin bender for days. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, they, they put a little filter in my vein to keep more clots from coming up to the lungs. So I gotta, gotta go have that taken out eventually before it... Huh. Are they are they just, like, giving you the occasional CAT scan to see how big the clot is that's left in there, or...? No, they're pretty much just counting on the, that to work itself out. They were just waiting for my blood to hit a certain point at which they knew the medicine was working like it was supposed to. Hmm. So... So, yeah. Well, are you gonna so are you gonna happened. quit smoking? Are you gonna quit drinking? I'm gonna quit sniffing glue. You gonna quit eating sandwiches? I'm drinking is beer this, right now. Is this like a? What well, I guess what I'm asking is: is this gonna is this uh, gonna change anything? Did you come out of there thinking, boy, I really need to X? Yeah, I or, really need to do some X. That, that's, yeah, that's good, what. Good. Or eat some eggs. No, because uh, this carpet is fucking boring. Yeah. What uh, mainly like for now. It's impossible to imagining to uh, it's impossible to imagining smoking anything because just like the scent of a burning candle is enough for to make my lungs be kind of upset and it's like anything that would reduce my lung capacity right now it's like oh no fuck no. Do you think that's just left over from whatever was wrong, or do you think uh, I mean beforehand, or do you think it's the result of the embolisms? I'm pretty sure that I have some capacity to get back. So I don't think this is as good as it gets. Mm. Are you having trouble getting upstairs and stuff or are you No, I'm you don't sound you don't sound what when I think of somebody being short of breath, I imagine a huffing and a puffing, and when you said that you were short of breath, I imagined a huffing and a puffing. But I didn't hear a huffing or a puffing. No, but do you hear a Huffington post? Uh no. But I do hear HR puff and stuff. Okay. The, uh, Huffington. Uh, that's just because somebody bought a special edition DVD of the first season of HR Puff and stuff at Comic Con. The Huffington Post and stuff. Yeah, when like when I got out of the hospital on Wednesday, I could walk to the car and back, and then I needed a nap. So there's still like the recovery is measured in how far I can walk before I need a nap, and <laughs> uh, like yesterday it was. A couple of times around the mall with my parents, and today, well, today I didn't really do much walking around, but yeah, this, the, the principle is sound. Huh. Well, that sucks. Fun. Yeah, so, uh, how was Comic-Con? Was it awesome? Tell me uh, it was awesome. Uh, no, wouldn't you be happier if it sucked? No, I want other people to have enjoyed it. No. Um... I don't know. You know, I, I I didn't spend... I spent even less time on the floor than I usually do uh-huh. um, this year. I went I went and started wandering around, like, on preview night, just to kind of go see what, what there was to see. And pretty much immediately in the, in the just clutch of the 
maddening crowds, I was just like, you know what? I'm kind of done with this. Yeah. Like it, it's sort of the same thing every year. You know, I don't want to stand in line to buy overpriced toys that are made artificially scarce so that this situation can be created. And I don't I mean, I want to get all cynical about it, but it's just like, I, it, it's not, it's not that I think the whole thing is crass because it's just full of dudes making stuff. Right. Okay. I mean, there is, there is a core of it that is just like, yeah, it's a bunch of people who want to, there to be a bunch of awesome shit in the world working to put a bunch of awesome shit in the world. But then you get it in that big of a room with that many people and, it's I don't know, man. It's starting to feel it's starting to feel like it's bad for my soul. Yeah. A little bit. I went in, uh, I finally went back on Sunday. I I, uh, I got up and I was like, all right, I'll go on a little We also uh the the place that I'm staying this year is like it's it's not too far to walk. It's probably too far for you to walk. Um <laughs> and that is more than twice around a mall or more than to the car. Uh, it's too far to to consistently walk. Um, you know, it's like a couple miles. And I got up Sunday morning real early, and I just like uh, what's what's nice about it is that it's on the edge of this canyon where there's like a little hiking trail that's that's maybe a third of the distance between here and the convention center. So just get up and go outside the door and hit this trailhead, and then it's like a nice little hike. Hmm. Uh, but and then it's just a bunch of streets and urine stank overpasses and shit. Um, and I walked down there and I was like well I'm going to spend a half an hour before the crowds hit actually walking around you know and go and see some of the stuff and then about 15 minutes after the doors opened it was already so crowded that you couldn't move again and it's just like I don't know man I don't know that there's any experience that I have there that I wouldn't be better served by reading about it from a comfortable chair uh-huh. at a at a distance I was, yeah, I just I was looking forward this year to being able to have the comic book there and and sign stuff and have people tell me how they felt about it and if they enjoyed it. Hopefully yeah. that they did. I mean, we sold all of them that we brought uh, uh by by the end of Saturday. So I think we didn't uh we didn't undershoot it by that much. And I want to say that there were maybe I don't know. 50 of each that we got in the car hmm. that sounds low yeah I don't know I think Doug had a good time oh well, that's good Kevin yeah. uh, Hot Stuff sent me a note that said Doug was immediately mobbed for autographs when he got to our booth and that made me happy yeah it was good it was good got to sign a lot of those uh, they, they also people kept asking me and Riff to sign the comic books too which I just felt super weird about <laughs> You know, because like we really have anything to do with any of this. From the executive producer uh, of Kingdom of Loathing. Yeah. Our, our our names aren't even on the comic book, are they? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I think. Um, did we put Kingdom of Loathing created by Zachary Johnson somewhere? Because I thought I did. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, you know, the signings the signings were okay. I mean, it was nice to like meet some people or whatever. We got very very little foot traffic. Those uh, Wright brothers guys have inc- completely enclosed their booth, and so we are just more and more and more closed in with every passing year. Couple couple booths down, uh, there were the Mega sixty four jack offs. Um, I don't know what Mega sixty four is, but my experience at the, with the little bit that I saw them at Comic Con 
leads me to believe that it is, at the very least, something that is made by a bunch of jack-offs that I can't stand. Um, you know, they, during the load-in, I was like, you know, just doing the, doing, doing the work, getting the boot set up, and they were just really, like, clowning in kind of an obnoxious way while they were setting their booth up. And then every couple hours, they would just blast annoying music and have a dance party out in the aisle, which just blocked the aisle and was really loud and annoying and, you know, totally against the rules of Comic-Con and the sort of, you know, rules, rules of, of, etiquette. Of, of social etiquette and behavior. You know, it's just, it's like, God damn, just knock it off, guys. Like, so, yeah, I don't know. I went around, saw some other stuff. I bought a few dice from the Chessex booth, as is my, that's my one, uh, the one thing I buy from Comic Con every year now is maybe twelve or seventeen dollars worth of dice. Huh. Um, I missed getting the. Uh, we always get the Chris Sanders sketchbook and whatever print he has. So it sucked to miss that. I don't think I know who Chris Sanders is. You should have. Uh, you should have let me know. I could have grabbed something for you. I didn't think of it really until this very day. I was like, what do we usually get at Comic Con that we can't get anywhere else? Oh, that's that's kind of the one thing. That we just couldn't get anywhere else. Jess would have bought more of the little pea shirts that you don't understand. Oh, it's not that I don't understand them. I just don't think that they're that funny. Right. Uh, those were apparently a pretty big deal this year. Yeah. They're not funny. They're adorable. They're not supposed to be, for- like, knee-slapping. Yeah. Slap I forget around. what their new one was. It was, like, peas dancing... It burns I, when I pee. It's <laughs> not funny, though. Uh, yeah, and I guess the uh, we went to uh, we went to a little party with uh, Frontalot at the Topatico Digs, and uh, got to meet Brandon Bird, who is really nice. Um, I don't know if you've seen his stuff or not. He's the he's the one that does the paintings, uh, such oh, yeah, as nobody Ford. wants to play Sega with Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. Um. Yeah, so we hung out there for a bit. We, uh, I guess the there was they were talking about uh, the MS Paint Adventures guy whose name is something Hussy, I think. Uh, <laughs> Strumpet Q Hussy. They were they were trying to tell the Comic Con people like, yeah, there's going to be a big line for this dude, and the Comic Con people were like, whatever, he's not a he's not a toy or Batman two or whatever. So they didn't uh, put any security over there. And then when he did his signing, it was like a line from our part of the convention center all the way down to the eastern or western end of it, hmm. causing some problems. And then they were like, we told you. Comic-Con people were all, shut up, nerds. <laughs> That's what they did. I would love it if Comic-Con was, if the Comic-Con staff just regularly shouted, shut up, nerds. Mm-hmm. I went to the, there was like a Nintendo lounge set up in a hotel. A lot of Nintendo booth babes, which seems weird to me. Nintendo doesn't seem like a booth babe kind of company. Yeah, that's weird. That's like having the, like Hasbro booth babes, you know? There was the guy that was the voice of Mario, who was just this random old dude, just sitting at a table signing stuff. Going, it's me! And then there were people uh, wandering around in giant you know, Disney-style mascot costumes, but they were Mario and Luigi and 
probably somebody else. Yeah, I don't you know. You got to meet Mario and Luigi. I got a picture of Trubs with Luigi. I didn't really meet uh, anyone there. Right. We have uh, been playing a bunch of the new iteration of uh, the KOL card game. Oh, hey. That those guys are working on. I am, uh, I am significantly more fond of this one than I was the other one. Oh. Um, I, it, the, the other one, it seemed like, did a pretty good job of simulating the sort of like repeat speed ascension metagame of KOL. And this one is a lot more simulating the actual game game of KOL, which I, for one, am a lot more excited about. Hmm. Um, yeah, but it's pretty fun. We've been playing a lot there. The, the rest of the people in this condo are actually in the living room playing it now while I do this radio oh. thing. So, yeah. I mean, another great thing about this new version is that it requires a whole bunch of uh, new artwork. So, yeah. I guess. Somebody needs to send me, speaking of artwork, uh, a choose-your-own-adventure. Mm. And some of the uh, issue two of the comic. So I'm very curious how those things turned out. Yep. We got a whole box left. At least one whole box of the choose-your-own-adventures left. It just We just had such a reduction in foot traffic this year. Just didn't get through it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we-, we were just almost invisible as a result of the just ever-increasing encroachment of the two adjacent booths. Yeah, I saw pictures that people took where the, you could just barely see our sign. What can yeah. we do? Can, can we not start breaking some rules like everybody else is? We already are. I mean, we already sort of do break the rules by, you know, have, we have a sign that's like four feet taller than it's allowed to be because otherwise we were just dwarfed by everybody else's signs that were huge and tall. I mean... You're, I think the way that it used to work is that you would you would apply for a booth and then they would say, okay, you get a booth. And then you would say, this is what I want to do with the walls of my booth if there's anything unusual that you want to do. And you would apply for that variance. And then they would they would start, they would take people, they would find somebody who wanted the right side of their booth to be tall and then find somebody who wanted the left side of their booth to be tall and they would put those people next to one another. Right. Right. But I think that was when most of the booths were about the same thing, so they weren't trying to like wrap it up into neighborhoods yeah. the way that they do now. And it was when, you know, there was extra room because the hall didn't completely sell out five years in advance every time. And I think they just don't do that anymore. And I don't know. I mean, this this has to have been a thing that the Wright Brothers guys requested because there was actual tall curtains on the side um, on the other side those guys just build their booth up you know which that was always fine it was fine on that side because we still got some visibility from the aisle but from the aisle now you just couldn't see us at all and uh, yeah I don't know what to do we're <sighs> Roy is pretty sure that he's not gonna do a fuzzy balls booth next year so I think what we might try to do is consolidate and do a 20 by 10 over in that area hmm. which is which is an area for toys, but it's right across from the area for video games. So it's really no less appropriate than the webcomics pavilion right. or whatever. <clears throat> but I don't know. I'm trying to figure out a way to like scale it back and just stop. You know, it's another one of those things like Con where it was like, well, this was fun and it was worth like just hemorrhaging money on it in the beginning. But like the last few years, there has barely even been a blip in signups as a result of Comic-Con, and it just costs a fortune to get everybody out here and house everybody, and then it's just like... Sometimes it's fun. 
it's uh, yeah, it's, yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like doing con was fun, you know, without having to scale that back. But it's just like fun and fun and sustainable are not always the happiest of bedfellas. Sure, bedfella. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Um, it's kind of funny. Like, yeah, at the end of Comic Con last year, I thought, you know, it wouldn't be horrible if we took a year off. This is this is kind of the same thing every year, but then once I was set to miss it, I was like, oh god damn! What the one thing that this is is a vacation, right when it's needed, like right in the middle of having done nothing for a long time, and we're getting cabin fever, and just really want to get out and see our friends, and yeah. So uh, it turned out that I missed it a lot more than I was expecting to. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just feels like this is the first year that we haven't spent a whole month out here, and I just don't. I'm not, you know, I'm kind of tempted to like suggest going home early instead of hanging out and doing more stuff in San Diego because I just want to get back to work. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just such a uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's weird. It it was a lot more stressful this year being sort of far away, like having to deal with having a car. And having to use a car to do stuff, it is just such a fucking liability in a city like this. And oh, yeah. you know, it's like, ah, oh, this is why we didn't do this before. And it's if next year is anything like this year, it's still going to be like a week is costs twice as much as a month used to just to have a place to stay. And you know, I feel like it was pretty miserable for the people who were in distant hotels the first couple years that we were trying to do it that way. Yeah. I don't know, man. I feel like I wondered I wondered whether we would give or whether they would just collapse under the weight of how it's grown first. Right. And I still don't know. It's, you know, it's like it's getting, they figured out a way to make it even more crowded downtown, even past it selling out because all of the video game companies and all of the television studios and stuff just buy out buildings in the periphery there. And so there are just tens of thousands of people down there messing around doing Comic-Con stuff, even though they don't have badges. Uh-huh. Right. So, and it's like, even when we started going, this is, this is just such a, this is such a curmudgeonly thing. Like I, the idea of waiting in line to see the idea of seeing a single panel is so abhorrent to me that no content of a panel would make it worth it to, to deal with that. Well, just the fact that now if you want to see any single panel, you have to wait in your chosen hall for the entire day. Yep. That's just... Nah. I mean, part of the good part about not being there was that I could look at the schedule and stuff and go, oh, dude, I would totally be going to that and that and that and that. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't have gone to anything. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't expecting to not, I wasn't expecting to feel this way about this this year. It was just like, you know, I think it was like the combination of it just feeling extra useless, right? Like, the, the stuff that I enjoyed just as an attendee about Comic-Con has been gone for a long time. Uh-huh. But in this case, it was like, yeah, well, you know, some fans came to see us. We gave away some of the promo items or whatever but it's like yeah you know and that's good to see it's good to see front but we'll see him under better circumstances at KOLCon he'll be there yeah 
you are going to be able to go to KOLCon, right? What's your what's your prognosis as far as being able to get on that aeroplane? Yeah, again? like they, they said, the main thing about traveling would be the how much energy I have, and the, like the the clots aren't a huge problem. I'll have to you know maybe get up and walk around a little. I get to wear compression stockings. That's pretty cool. Ooh, that makes me feel like a sexy lady. Can you wear them under your uh, under your pantsuit? Yep, with a garter belt. No, no garter belt. But uh, what's yeah, a compression? What's a compression stocking? It's just a, a you know like a looks like a, a regular stocking, like a half of a pair of tights that you, okay. you pull up and it squeezes your leg. So it kind of squeezes from the bottom to the top to keep things from settling in there. Okay. I mean, mine's kind of different because usually you get a... When people get clots like this, they get them in their calves and, and lower down, and mine was just way the fuck up my leg, so it's a little different. Mm. But yeah, Dragon Con and KOL Con should be fine. Good, good, good. Uh, I, I hope we have our house. I never heard from Hot Stuff if you finished that, but that's... A question for another day. For KOLCon? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that those arrangements got made. Uh, I don't think we got the uh, optional super mansion. Right. Well, uh, I just wanted to suggest that if we wanted to spend four thousand dollars a night, that this, yeah. was, this was a good way to spend it. I don't think uh, I don't think we want to spend four thousand dollars a night on anything. Even if we could get the best prostitutes in the world, one for each of us, or even two for each of us, I just don't think that that would be a sound use of company assets. A sound business investment. I, I can't think of one for $4,000 a night. Um, well, you, there are more nights now than any other last name employed by the company. Uh-huh. I guess that's not true. Uh C.D. Moyer has more kids than you. Oh, that's true. You should get on that. On C.D. Moyer? I plan to. Um, I have Roy's, Roy's baby is fine, I guess. She's cute. I haven't heard anything. Yeah, I keep forgetting it's a girl. Yeah, did, you've seen the pictures, right? They're cute. I, I saw a picture. I saw, uh, I saw a picture of it having just been born. All right. Her? Her, I guess, is what you call a girl? If you must, yes. Okay. Um, Well, so before, so it seems like a lot, like it has been a really long time since we did one of these. We got to have something else to talk about besides Comic-Con and your life-threatening medical emergencies. Horrific illnesses is. Have you seen any movies in the hospital? Yeah. I was watching Doctor Who in the hospital. Oh, yeah? Caught up on that a little bit. Watched some uh, My Little Pony in the hospital I'm still not uh, not any in any danger of becoming a brony I don't think but I don't know it's it's an alright thing to watch yeah, it, it exists as an item that is not unpleasant to watch if only there were some fanfic where the ponies were fucking yeah geez seems like exactly what you want with some pictures of the ponies and their genitalia because mm. they're all naked all the time does their hair not count as clothing? Only sometimes. It's like a like a mermaid. <laughs> like a mermaid. Like a mermaid is technically naked, but if her hair is in front of her boobs, she's not like effectively naked. Right, right. 
No, I don't mm. know. Did, did did you get any uh, get any pop culture in you recently? I don't know. I, I don't remember what the last movie I saw was. I think it might have been Moonrise Kingdom. How was that? No. Did I talk to you about Moonrise Kingdom? No, was it uh, as Wes Anderson-y as you wanted it to be? Yeah, it was pretty. It was it was very very Wes Anderson-y. Do you, uh, do you like or dislike Wes Anderson? I really liked the Royal Tenenbaums, and kind of liked Rushmore, and didn't particularly like the Life Aquatic. I think those have you the seen the fan- have you seen the Fantastic Mr. Fox? Yeah, and I still don't know why I saw the fucking Fantastic Mr. Fox. Wow, really? It wasn't bad, but it wasn't anything. Wow, it's like wow, the the stop motion I- is really good on this, but Jesus Christ, could you tell a story? Huh, that that is kind of surprising. But I I, I feel like that is probably one of the best movies I've seen in the last ten years. It just kept. Going. I was so happy when that movie was over. <laughs> so I was, saying, I was I that movie just made me really, really happy. And I, I, I didn't think it ever gelled. It was just like an explosion of twee in search of a purpose. I don't know. Huh. I, I think you just is that can't. twee is is that twee is that what you twee, is that yeah. what you'd call that? I just I think you can't film Raw Dahl. And you should probably stop trying. You know, you didn't like the original uh, 70s Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? It was good, but it was good because it was very different from the source material. There's that part of it. That you could, there's that movie adaptation of the BFG where they, in the, in the director's cut, there's that thing where the BFG makes the little girl look at all the other giant's dicks while they're asleep. I think I missed that one. That was, apparently that was a part that the editors made him cut out of the BFG. Huh. <laughs> and apparently there was a lot of stuff like that that his editors always made him cut out of us all, all of his books. And because he was kind of horrible, right? Like I, I enjoyed all of those books growing up and still like them, but he apparently as a person, he was just a sack of crap. Eh, I mean, there was that one article that seemed to imply as much. I, I have, you know, having only ever seen that piece of evidence to him being a jerk and not really, you know, eh, I don't know certainly possible but still I mean uh, you know you can you can get away with being an asshole if you have a, a powerful imagination and produce stuff like that sure wow I it is so surprising to me that not 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 like it, it is not surprising to me that you didn't like something that I liked it's just it is so surprising to me that anyone could see that movie and not like it and Jess didn't really enjoy it either. It just kept going. And it never stopped. It wasn't even that long. I was so sad when it ended. It felt so like, long because it didn't have a plot. And it, see, like, I wonder if this is that thing where... <clears throat> that whole, like, what? shrugging and... I don't know. The, like, indie movie style of just kind of... Elliptical chatting and kind of shrugging. Just didn't work for me with the stop motion animals. Like, either do one or the other. Huh. I'm trying to think, you know, I have a different approach to story, I think, in general than most people do. And if you had said which between the Fantastic Mr. Fox and Pulp Fiction had more story, 
I don't know that I would have said that there was a significant difference between the amount of story that they had. Things happen in The Fantastic Mr. Fox, but I wouldn't call it a plot. Yeah, I mean, would you call, like, Reservoir Dogs? Would you call the things that happen in Reservoir Dogs a plot? There, I mean, like, some guys... There's, like, a... A team is assembled, and some guys have a jewelry heist, and one of them is a... One of them is a cop. And then they all die. Right, like... like there's something driving the action. Yeah. Instead of just... Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, don't, do you think it's, like, the... <sighs> Do you think it's like the office space problem? No. Where y- you don't? No, like the office space problem was that the only part of that movie that people remember is the like less than half of it that wasn't kind of boring romance. No, I don't know. Fantastic Mr. Fox just seriously, I was just sitting there waiting for it to be done. Because like, huh. it started you, out like, oh, this is really pretty. Like, Oh, this is really nicely done. Oh, this is a little bit weird. That's cool. Like, oh my fucking god, this is still happening. Huh. So you would say, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought we were on the same page about what was wrong, or not what was wrong with. So, so like Office Space and Super Troopers have the same kind of deal, where the first half of the movie is some awesome characters doing some awesome funny stuff, and then the second half of the movie is where they're like, oh fuck, movies have to have a story. Let's do a story, and then it was just sort of boring. Yeah, Whereas if fair. it had just been another another first half of the movie, but in reverse, then it would have been perfect. They would have just stopped halfway through and reversed the video. Yeah, I mean, I, like, and I mean, I guess that's the thing. Like, I, I, to me, it is not at all important what the story of the Fantastic Mr. Fox was, because it was all about just these kind of amazing characterizations uh, yeah, wow. I don't know. It just See, it was just it was such like, a feel-good movie for me. It was George Clooney and then all of the indie guys doing their indie thing that they always do in every movie, only this time they were animals. I mean, what indie... Like, I don't even know who else was involved in that. Like, I don't know what... Like... I guess like, I'm. I guess I'm not sure where the like oh indie 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 criticism is coming from. It just felt like indie movie, the indie movie, starring the indie movie guys and written by the indie movie person and scored by the indie movie scorer. <laughs> What's I mean, name name a movie that. Well, I'm talking about a style, you know, and certainly a lot of that is Wes Anderson. Who well, name a but name a movie that embodies that style. Like Juno. Did you not? Did you not like? Juno? But I did like Juno. But maybe I've just seen too many of them. Like Juno, little, little Miss Sunshine was indie movie. The indie movie, for sure. Yeah, you didn't like it? Uh, not so much. Sunshine Cleaning was. Also I never saw Sunshine Cleaning. Little Miss Cleaning. <laughs> Sunshine Cleaning the, Cleaning Miss Daisy. The Eternal Sunshine of the Life Aquatic. Life Aquatic had the same problem, in that just random shit happened the entire way through but you know I don't know because the Royal Tenenbaums was like that too it's not like the Royal Tenenbaums had a really strong plot that you know for the action to hang on and or there it was any action or anything but somehow the, the later stuff just seems so aimless 
Hmm. I, I just don't have any patience for it. And it, like the style of dialogue that was in Fantastic Mr. Fox, I'm just kind of done with. Where it's like, hey, dude, take out the trash. Oh, really? Is that what you're going to say? You, you're going to ask me to take out the trash? That's how you're going to do it? Yeah, you know, I, I just think it would be great if you would just, you know, take take out, you know, if you could take out the trash. Really? So taking out the trash, that's our big move. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, you know, I just figured it would be okay. You know, other people take out the trash. And it just keeps going. It's like, fuck you, nobody talks like that. And not in an interesting, like, Pulp Fiction-y, quotable kind of way. Just taking a thousand years to say anything. And everything has to be kind of smart-ass comeback. I thought it was great. Cool. I mean, maybe it's because I only talk in smart-ass comebacks. And maybe I'm just maybe I'm just more indie than you, Mr. Skullhead. Yeah, well, maybe you know, maybe your mom's more indie than I. Maybe, maybe I'm considered the indiness that I um, keep inside of me. See, I can keep talking like that, but it, it annoys me when I do it. Are you? You're still doing it? Yeah. Well, that's I what. That's what we're gonna do. Yeah. So we should just probably. I. It didn't. It didn't read like that to me. Yeah. Like it felt like it, that. That movie felt to me like. They probably did a bunch of takes and then took the ones that were like the the funniest. But it wasn't like a it wasn't like a lull funny, yeah, right? It was, was it was just like a funny. God, I want to hang out with those guys. Funny. Nothing was clever or funny. That was the pro- that was part of the problem. Was but like, it was if you're taking your best it, takes, what the what did you not put in there? But it was it was oh, fun okay. and it was and I, I don't know i mean it was it was funny in a way that felt like i it was like a certain number like it was i didn't exa- exaggerate it if i had watched it on mute probably you what i didn't enjoy it i would have enjoyed it if i had watched it on mute probably huh because the ugh, i'm just so sick of people the visuals definitely added stuff but yeah wow i don't know man uh like and I just thought it was boring. There's, there's something, there is something, there is a, there is a spectrum on which you and I like things with varying thresholds. And I think that for whatever reason, the Fantastic Mr. Fox, the dialogue felt extremely sincere to me. Like that felt more, the dialogue in that movie was more like the way people talk than the dialogue in most other movies. Yeah. And whereas you say, no, nobody talks like that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Movies. I don't think I know anybody who talks like that because I don't think I would be friends with them anymore. Hmm. Well, maybe that's why you don't have any friends. Yeah. I'm going to sneak into your kid's room and put a, put a tape recorder under his pillow conditioning him to talk like that well you know maybe maybe I wouldn't mind that maybe he would also I would also teach him some kung fu and then maybe he would be able to spin kick you um in the head I can't stand it I know you plan well, it I think it's because you're doing it wrong and that's not actually how that movie was I'm gonna set straight this Watergate. <laughs> Uh, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to do you want to take a little break and do KOL questions? Do you want to do some KOL questions? Take a break. Do some KOL questions. Let's do questions till nine, and then we'll take a, a break. That way, 
we can that's talk two about hours and 15 minutes from now. Yeah, not for me in my place where time is. Okay. See how annoying that is? <clears throat> See, that way uh, we can nightfall. screw up the people who just wait for the musical break, because then the good stuff starts. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll show them. Oh, speaking of which, the musical break should be good stuff by the B-52s. Right. Howdy, boys, writes Nightball. On the Thursday show, you talked about the troubles inherent in revamping the Seal Clubber skills. In light of that, I have a few questions. One, you talked about how allowing people to keep skills that are no longer obtainable in any way is a horrific betrayal as long as the skill still does something. In light of this, what's the story with Lunch Smack? Well, the story with Lunch Smack is that it doesn't do anything that anybody gives a shit about. Even if Lunch, if lunch Smack were a passive plus one one-hundredth of a percent item drops people would never, ever shut up about the fact that it's unobtainable. You know, if, if the hand turkey were optimal, it would, there would be calls to replace it, right? Like, it, yeah. it's... The reason that people are okay with the existence of Lunchback is because Lunchback doesn't do anything. Uh, number two, how do you feel about revamping all classes across the board such that there are th- uh, three skill trees a la Boris? I think this was touched on a bit, but if you had the absolute freedom to do anything with this content vector, what would you do? I don't think that I would want to do... It's hard to say, because then what would it mean to perm something, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you if you did in your progression, like, if instead of just buying skills that got unlocked by level, you know, if you had to buy them in order with some kind of skill points or something, which is typically what a game will do, what would it mean, like, for you to... Would you have to perm them in order? Because then that takes away all of the sort of interesting choices about what order to perm things in. Or, like, if you had a skill perm that was halfway up the tree, could you start at the bottom or in the middle? Like, it's just... it That kind of thing. Even even the, like, perming stuff as Boris was a little bit awkward, right? Like, it wasn't so much that you were perming skills so much as that you were just getting a bonus to skill points as you did more Boris runs. And so it would be extremely hard to adapt that into the sort of overarching structure of long-term KOL play. Um, you know, I, I, I do, I think that, you know, and, and a lot of this is spending a lot of time thinking about the Word Realms MMO and the Word Realms PvP, and I've spent a lot, of, you know, like I've played a lot of other games and sort of seen what I think works and what I think is enjoyable and what isn't, and I really do like the, the like, you you play the game and through a variety of means you acquire and unlock skills and in any in any given play situation you can take some of those skills with you you know and what unlocking more skills does just just give you more options rather than give you more power necessarily um and and again that i think doesn't work particularly well with with the way that kol works Right. If it was a thing where, if KOL was a thing where you had to like, you'd go out and you'd do a bunch of adventures, and then you had to go back to town, then letting you put on a new set of gear when you got back to town or whatever would be a way of doing it. Put a, picking new skills when you went back to town. But since you can do everything at any point between turns, it would just like it, it would be awful. It would be awful to try to play optimally if that's how it worked. Hmm. Hmm. And. I don't know. What do you what do you think? Like I to me playing an RPG is all about getting skills and getting new like stuff to do. Right? Like I'm more excited about 
I'm more excited about a sword that lets you do a trick than I am a sword that does twice as much damage and is boring. I, like, what do you what do you look for when you play games like that? Like, what is what is an interesting progression to you? I mean, at a base level, I do just enjoy. The last time I was here, these guys beat the crap out of me, and now I have the like giant sword of smiting, so I can just beat them up. Like, I think there's a really visceral, satisfying thing to that, but after a, a brief while you realize like I'm not it's not that I'm getting better at this game this game is just making me better for playing it so yeah. then having to when I start to have to pay attention to item enchantments and stuff that's when the game gets more interesting like the word realms gauntlet is is interesting okay, like what kind of words do I find myself making okay well what can I use to max out that stuff. Like, right. oh, I could play this word or that word, but this word's a violent word, and I have this helmet on, so... Yeah, and so that... Like, it, that's it is a lot more interesting when there is a component of player skill as well as a component of avatar skill. Sure. In, and in KOL, the player skill... I mean, this is sort of the problem, right? Like, you don't really get good at fights in KOL. You get good at understanding the systems and knowing... Well, I can. I can. I know that in this zone, I can. I can sustain this much more monster level, which will allow me to get more stats to advance faster. Uh-huh. Right. So that the skill is not things that you're doing. Using your, your character's skills. You know, the skill is in like knowing. The tricks. I don't know. You don't, you have not ever seriously played any MMO, right? Am I wrong about that? That's right. Yeah. I'm curious how you would feel about something like The Secret World. Like, I'm curious how just starting in a new one with newer sort of design sensibilities. Because I know, I mean, I remember you commenting about seeing people playing World of Warcraft, and it's like, all this is is a game about fucking walking. (laughs) Well, Uh, you know. You know, the blind man who puts his hand on an elephant's tail. Yeah, but it was that was an excellent point that you made because a lot of what you were doing in the early days of WoW was, you know, you didn't necessarily know where to go. And even if you did know where to go, you still had to, like, walk there. Which, which to me, that did add some positive experiences to the overall, like, experience of playing it because I still think of that as a place as opposed to a game, right? And I, even, like, Skyrim, I don't think of Skyrim as a place because fast travel made it so none of the things that make a place a place actually occurred. Mm. You know? Like, it was not meaningful. When distance when distance is not meaningful, then geography is not meaningful. Uh-huh. Right? And so what I remember about playing Skyrim is, like, oh, there was this dungeon with these really cool lights in it or whatever. And then one time I was in a place that was underground and there were all these giant mushrooms, right? I don't remember, like, finally being able to cross a bridge and seeing this giant chasm or whatever because, like, you don't do any of that stuff, right? You you make it to a place and then you never have to walk between that place and any other place again. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't know. I mean, it's it's a question of how much, I guess, you want a thing to be like a world. 
But newer newer MMOs, I think, try to strike a, a little bit of a balance. It, the Old Republic, and I played the Old Republic from start to the level cap on one guy, and there are some places that I remember, you know, like, at, at a certain point, why isn't this just a bunch of menus if the world that you're moving around in and inhabiting isn't meaningful? Right. Um... And, you know, in a lot of ways, a lot of games that I play probably could be a bunch of menus and I would enjoy them just as much. Yeah. Uh, unrelated to skills, continues Nightball, I would be super interested in a board game's hot dog. My pals and I recently purchased something like 12 to 15 new board games and are always looking for new recommendations slash reviews. So you're hoping that we will recommend or review one of the 12 or 15 board games that you purchased? Have you been playing any board games, Mr. Scullin? And You should probably let us know which of the, which the games those are so that we can... Talk about them. If I were doing a board game soft deck, I would want you to be on it, and that's that'd be complicated. We've been playing a whole lot of Carcassonne. Like an ungodly like, amount of Carcassonne. Like physically? Like with the actual, an actual Carcassonne set? Yeah, we bought the... Uh, <clears throat> there's a big box that has five expansions, and then little pockets for all the cards to go in, so you can keep the expansions separate and only play the ones you want to, and all that shit. So it's beautifully organized. So we have our favorite expansion and the the base set, and just play the shit out of it. Is it? It doesn't require as much deep thought as some of, some of the other games do. So you can be somewhat social while you're playing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know the games. It's like just the right length, and it's really satisfying to see this weird world that you've built out of tiles. Oh, we also played the Discworld game, and that was interesting. Huh, is it like a new Discworld game? Or? Yeah, it was recent, really recent, and the guy who did it is some kind of board game world celebrity. And people were surprised that he was doing this licensed game, and he said, no, there's there are so many things to build your engine on in Discworld. And he came up with this thing that you're... It's a little bit of risk in that you're building things and trying to take over parts of the city. It's got a little bit of that uh, everybody has different wind conditions and you don't know what everybody else's wind conditions are. So try Is to this the that city out. of Ogmorpork? Yeah, city of Ogmorpork. Oh, Ogmorpork? Yeah. Okay. I said. I think I said Ogmorpork. Yeah, and I was, I was like, dude, the I... Cave. The city of Ogre from uh, Dark Crystal. Yeah, yeah. But it was super interesting, and the, we played one game of it that was really short because nobody saw my move coming, which made me really like the game because I like a game that I win. And mm-hmm. <laughs> then we played another game where I got destroyed by the people who actually knew what they were doing. But yeah, it's super fun to play. I don't know how it plays if you don't know anything about Discworld, because then you don't go... Oh yeah, well it makes perfect sense that Chrysophrase the troll needs to get control of the Dolly sisters. Oh. Right. I don't know if you need that or not. But yeah. That was super fun. I'm trying to think if I've been playing anything else that we haven't already talked into the ground on other shows. Um, I'm excited about the new KOL card game. Awesome. The new. I mean, this is just another iteration of it, but it, it, it is so different than any of the previous iterations that we've gotten that it's like... Well, it's yeah, slightly uh, troubling because I liked it last year. Yeah. I had a hard time with it. Like, 
it was one of those things where it would be my turn and I there were just like there is there is a certain kind of game that will create it it's like the possibility space of moves is so large that I can't get started it's have you ever played set no the stress that I experience trying to play set is very similar. And playing set is just a is a skill that you develop by playing it a lot. Uh, but I have never really felt like doing it. It's like it's basically a deck of cards that everything has a number of figures, a shape of the figures, a color of the figures, and a pattern of the figures. And you are looking for sets of three cards. You, you lay out, uh, say, 18 cards mm-hmm. uh, face up. And you're looking for sets of three that differ on only one of those axes. Huh. So, like, they can be all red, all circles, all striped, but three different colors not three different colors. I forget what the other one was, but the different numbers of them, I guess. The, anyway, there are just, there are four things about them that can be one of three things. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're trying to find, it's, it's super, super abstract. And I can understand why people like it, but to me, it's just like, it is just exactly too much stuff to comfortably keep in working memory, I think, <laughs> is the issue. And the way that it works is everybody just stands around and then somebody says, set. And then you, that person gets an opportunity to point at three cards, which they think makes a set. And then if it does make a set, then they get those cards and then scored at the end by whoever has the most piles of cards in front of them. Um, yeah, that's all. Frontalot's super into it. He said they used to play it a lot at Burning Man. Doc Galactic insisted that getting stoned and playing set, even just like playing it by yourself, <laughs> makes you smarter because it's like resistance training. It's like working out with... It's like jogging with ankle weights on. I can see that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the old KOL card game gave me a little bit of that feeling. That that it is touched on. It's just like a particular kind of way in which I can be cognitively taxed that mm. doesn't. It that isn't like. A, it doesn't. It isn't like a you. nice. It it doesn't feel like work. It feels like struggle. Ah. You know, so it's like not a satisfying thing to overcome. It's just a like, fuck. Okay. Uh, number four continues. Nightfall Word Realms is great. My thanks, buddy. My favorite part is the subquest regarding Father Beardsley. I uncovered it after finishing the game, just looking around and talking to folks. And the fact that it wasn't signposted at all, but just existed in the world for those interested in the lore, was especially satisfying. The whole backstory of the planet itself was interesting, and I'm hooked for an eventual MMO. Good work. I've got what might be the first ever lore-based question you get. When the world stopped turning, what prevented the atmosphere from stripping <laughs> off and everybody suffocating? I expect a wizard did it, but maybe something cool occurred. I, from, from what we saw, like we did a bunch of research, actually. We talked to some meteorologists. Uh, we did, you know, we looked at some websites. <laughs> um, and being tidelocked is not as big a deal as it seemed like it would be. It is certainly not, it is certainly not a big enough deal that it would cause all of the things that it is going to cause in the eventually implemented MMO world. Right. Uh, which is to say that, like, the side close to the sun is nothing but, like, flaming lava wastelands and, and the side opposite is, like, ice caves and shit. That's just because video games, right? Right. Um, 
But I don't think that it would actually make the atmosphere go away, right? Because it's not like the atmosphere has a tremendous amount of momentum. It's pretty liquid. And what would happen if the Earth just stopped turning? Well, it did on September 11, 2001. Where were you? Sure. It did as soon as I saw her across the dance floor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're fine. We're fine. Yeah. I mean, even if a lot of the atmosphere left, it would come back pretty quick, because gravity, right? Hmm. Does, it, yeah. does gravity partially happen because the Earth is spinning? And I don't think so. Okay, I don't know anything about science. Yeah. Uh, five, a slash Word Realms channel would be great. Right now, Hardcore seems to be the place to discuss slash talk about the game for those that are looking for a place to ask questions. Um... Well, I mean, the forum, the the there is a Word Realms forum, sort of. The feed, the beta feedback tool, is a place to discuss that stuff. Um, I don't know about a channel because the, the part of the point of the way that we did this, instead of using the original, because there used to be like a when you know when there were like ten people playing it, there was a sub forum in the KOL forums to talk about it. Um, but there were so many people in this beta round that we didn't want to have to individually let people into something and a chat channel would have that same problem um, you know it needed to be something that you got access to by getting access to the beta um, and the beta is not associated with KOL accounts and it's not associated with KOL forum accounts right um Darzil and Kepham K are talking about ways in which we could give people old skills that, and that's like absolutely not the issue that uh, I face with talking about changing skills around you know we could figure out a way to provide whatever we wanted to people yeah narr yeah. narrative is easy um oh hey look at that it's 701 which means it's 801 in between us and 901 where you are how about a break buddy all right here is a uh And we're back. Welcome back. Hey, welcome back indeed. Welcome to you, buddy, friend, pal, yeah. buckaroo. Is it, is it is it harder for you to uh, is it harder for you to do special voices than just to talk in your normal voice? Yeah, you? you know, doing these takes, bizarre impressions are fairly difficult. Takes extra lung. Yeah, an extra lung that I don't have. Do you think you're? Uh, I know I already asked you this, and you didn't really answer. Do you think you're gonna quit smoking the hookah? I don't know. I think for now I am certainly not smoking the hookah. Right. It it will probably be hard for me once my lungs return to absolute normal and I feel fine to not feel like picking it up again. Yeah. But maybe not. Maybe it'll just be like, you know, it's been months and this just kind of looks gross now and I don't think I want to do it anymore. Yeah. Get out of Hey, little lollygag writes in the forums. Ask this in the July 4th radio thread, but since it didn't get answered, I'll try again. And if it missed being answered, I'll feel stupid, etc. Would it be possible? 
for you to sell a sword and martini, babe. Oops, I mean unobjectified female hottie. I think just calling it a hottie counts as objectification, right? Mm. A sticker uh, to sell in addition to the sword and martini guide die-cut vinyl sticker in the store. I'd love to buy pint glasses and a coffee mug with that, too. Additionally, a black women's t-shirt with a saber tooth <laughs> line would be swell. I don't think we're allowed to segregate t-shirts like that, though. Yeah, uh, we would have to do, get photo verification for every sale. and Yeah. Gets, uh, it gets really hard. Um... I was trying to make a joke about how you know somebody's black on the internet, but I couldn't think of one. Bigger dick? Okay, yeah. Yeah, if they have a bigger dick. If their PayPal profile indicates a bigger dick. Uh, man, I don't know. I've never done uh, I've never done a female version of that particular avatar. Wow, really? That's never come up? Yeah. No, I don't know. It seems weird that it's never come up, but now that it's never come up, I kind of don't want to. Hmm. We could just pretend, as we always enjoy doing, that there are only men in the world. Mm, mm-hmm. If there were only men in the world of KOL, there was a great cataclysm that killed all the female characters. There are only um, straight men. <clears throat> yeah, but then, you know, you can... We, we, we uh, respect uh, any given player's... Any given character's right to believe that they're female. Yeah, and to feel like they're female inside. Like, and say female, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nip says, hi guys, maybe this is a more pertinent topic for video games, but this article describes something that is strikingly parallels KOL in a sense of player-driven emergent consequences. And then he talks, I, I skimmed uh, the article, but it's just about like, uh, these some kind of player elections that got uh, the player base figured out a way to game them. So thoughts? Honestly, in my opinion, I see the KOL community as being way more friendly and mutually encouraging with infinitely less douchebaggery than the article seems to imply exists in certain segments of Terra's player base. Thanks again for giving us a super fun place to hang out and play together. So I think that KOL's community is definitely better than most MMOs communities in terms of, like, randomly calling you a faggot. Uh-huh. You know, because we will just disable people that do that. Or at least stop them from... You know, this is a thing that uh, I spent a bunch of time talking to Clackling uh, over Comic-Con. And he's, you know, he's been doing a bunch of community management stuff. And he talked about how... It never. He never saw another system where you could ban someone from chat independently of the game. Huh. And to me, it's like, well, that seemed that seemed kind of natural as a as a way of doing it. I mean, I, I guess part of it is I would have no problem if I ran a game where it was a fifteen dollar a month subscription game. Like, I would have no problem banning somebody from the chat. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, like this is a feature of the game that if you abuse it you don't get to use it anymore and that just makes the game better for everybody else and so if you don't like it you can cancel your subscription see you later well uh, but i don't know i mean i guess they i guess they're in general afraid to do that what I, what i don't think though uh, kol's community cannot they're not above doing weird shit to game a system if the system is designed in such a way that it encourages it hmm. right like if there was, <clears throat> we had to work really hard to not put anything in the PvP system that encouraged losing. Because if there was anything that encouraged losing, if there was any way that you could game the system by deliberately losing fights, people would just abuse the shit out of it. Not a lot of people, right? But the community doesn't have to be evil and it doesn't have to be douchebaggy for there to be at least one person that thinks it's funny to do that. Right, and it only takes one, you know. 
Um, it's interesting. It, it's it. You know, we've done. You know, like the 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 Tatterdemalion imp was a social experiment, right? Because like I feel like Hot Stuff and I will look at a thing and it's like, well, okay, if we discovered something in a game that was clearly meant to be a secret, you know, that gave you some kind of advantage for having discovered it, we would probably guard that knowledge fairly jealously. Right. And certainly not instantly post it to a wiki. Yeah. Right? Because it's interesting if there are things that not everyone can do in a game. But very few people, I think, actually feel like that on a practical level. And it only takes a couple of people who don't. Yeah, that's probably that's you know it, it might not be that few people feel that way. It's it, the, yeah, it just does not take very many people to make it so that's not sustainable. You know, I mean, it's like the it's like the investigation missions in the secret world, right? Probably a lot of the people playing the secret world don't want those puzzles to just be spoiled in chat, but it doesn't take very many people spoiling puzzles in chat for them to be totally spoiled. You know, it takes maybe one person spoiling them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, when you are making something for a population of people, it changes It changes the rules of making it. If you know that this is a thing that people are going to care about, you have to be, you have to be a lot more careful designing systems, and you don't have the freedom that you would have if you were designing a system just for your friends, you know, or 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 for a smaller number of people, or for a, you know even a large group of people that you knew wouldn't do something for an advantage that would diminish the experience for other people. Also, people don't always have a good idea or the same idea of what constitutes diminishing their experience. Right. Right, because I mean, like, I think a game in which there are some secrets and in which there's some differentiation between people based on the secret things that they've discovered, I think that's a better game for everybody, but a lot of people would disagree that it's a better game for them if they don't have that thing. They think, this game would be better for me if I had a bigger sword. Right. Right, but it doesn't mean that the game would be better if everybody got a bigger sword for free. Yeah. Hello, says Sniping Dreamer. Small feature. Oh. Optional counter for how many PvP fights left on the sidebar, maybe under MCD. Clicking on it brings you to the PvP fight page. Saves about two clicks, but still. How about it? I am almost sure there already is that. Is um, there no? I'm almost sure that there is an options. Do I like a PvP options? Display PvP fights remaining in the character pane is under character pane options. See, I found it. Uh, Deadnet says, so right now there's a sign on the Jackass Plumber game that says out of order. You've already talked at length about how it's going to be this way for the foreseeable future. You've also talked about how you really want to add some sort of button to Dungeon Fist to give out 30 tickets if they've already beaten the game so people who are scripting the game don't hit the server 100 plus times a minute for two hours to get the tickets. How about just making Jackass Plumber give 30 tickets in exchange for one token? Five adventures and one button press. You'd also have an excuse to add a Jackass Plumber item to the prize counter and everyone would stop bugging you about it. (laughs) Yeah, but then that's like acknowledging that we're never going to do it and I see what you mean, but... Isn't it more fun to have it be potential? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Tar? How would you pronounce that? T-I-I-T-A-R. Titar. Tiatar? Titar. Because it's Hawaii. 
T-E-T-A-R. You've talked several times about things you change about KOL, knowing what you know now. Once Word Realms is up and running, have you thought about making a true KOL 2 so you can start from scratch and play with mechanics? Uh, yeah, you know, I think about that a lot, actually. Um, you know, it's always just it's always just kind of therapeutic daydreaming. A guy says the staff of homophones should exchange the words stick and shtick. If anybody points out that they aren't really homophones, you can tell them to stop being such a shtick in the mud. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Does KOL really count as a mud, though? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, For it's more like a mud than... Joke, I'll allow it. It's more like a mud than anything else, I guess. Then It's more like a mud than anything else is like a mud, even muds. It's more like a mud yeah. than it is like a mimosa. Uh, Wax says, welcome back, Mr. Skullface. Will we ever see a return of the neck bee romancer? What is a neck bee? Is he a romancer of neck bees or a neck bee that romances? Didn't you write a neck romancer? For the card game. I, the old card game. I don't know if it ever got put in the game. Uh, I don't think it's either. Uh, have either of you bought anything from Steam Sale that you can then write off as a business expense? I mean, since since KOL started... I don't know that we generally, I don't know that we always have, but we can write off all video games as a business expense. Like, I don't think it makes any, I don't think that you or Riff or Hot Stuff write, I don't think you guys buy enough games that it makes any sense to not just use the standard deduction. Right. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, that's not a, that's not a joke. Like it really is legitimate. Like we, you know, you could ask the government and they would tell you the same thing. Just say, "Hey, government, can I write off?" I mean, you know, you could write off books if you were a writer. Yeah, seems totally reasonable, right? Uh, Electric Bolter says, "Dear Jake and Mister Skullhead, uh, this is not a slime hates it question. This is only a tribute. Why are there no consumable that drops from other slime? She's actually a fair bit harder to kill than Hobobolus bosses with her resistances. So, was there a design reason not to implement one? No, other than that." Not every clan dungeon boss needs to drop a consumable, right? All right. Um, Erich says, you told me why the fire starting kit was untradeable, and I understand that, but the once-a-day aspect of it causes clutter if you miss a day. What are your thoughts on, one, making the PvP choice uh, able to be used more than once a day while keeping the campfire at only one? You know, see, I thought of the PvP as being the killer app of that, so that's the one that I would probably not make usable more than once a day because that, that would get super goofy because somebody could save them all up and then like super fuck shit up at the very end of a season or the very beginning of a season for that matter or like the middle of a season <laughs> uh, two giving it a shit auto sell value maybe you could auto sell it for five four one seven is it what can you make shit backwards on a calculator <laughs> I can make just regular shit on a calculator. Something 145. <laughs> Sell it for L145. Right. I guess like a pant, like a pants. <laughs> you know, pants, the currency of England. Uh, pounds. If it was 145 pounds, and you turn that upside down, it would look kind of like shit. Although actually, I guess it would kind of look like Schiff, where F was the Foo Fighters. Yeah, or uh, Schiff. If it's uh, if you're thinking of it as an ancient uh, manuscript writing thing, the long ass. I uh, yeah. I started reading. Uh, there was that boing boing post. Did you see that thing about the the advertisement for coffee from 1650? 
Yeah, I read a couple of paragraphs of it before my ADD kicked in. <laughs> that was amazing. It just I was like reading all the comments about it, and it linked to the Wikipedia article about the long S, mm-hmm. uh, which I read a couple paragraphs of that before my ADD kicked in because it was super boring. Yeah, and I was hoping there was a really interesting story about that, but nope. Turns out it's just a letter. I don't think anything interesting has ever happened about typography at all. Sorry to all you people who are really interested in typographs. Um, anyway, you guys should look at that coffee ad. It said it cured all kinds of shit. This is like these newfangled fun antibiotics that are all the rage. We're going to look back in 300 years and think, man, I can't believe they had all those health claims. They claim to kill tiny organisms in our bodies that were making us sick. Jesus. What are they, holy water? How gullible could we have been? Uh, some people asking for right-click menu for some stuff. It's always a thing. Cuddlehead says, Considering the conversation on the recent radio show about less powerful passive skills that slowly increase, my question is, have you considered making thick skin from the swagger shop plus one plus one per level or similar progression? I ask because plus ten plus ten is a significant boost at level one in hardcore, at least, making it a must-have for any hardcore ascender. Well, it's supposed to be a must-have for any hardcore ascender. You know? Ten hit points and ten MP are not that big of a deal. But if they're a big deal to you, then they're a big deal to you, and you gotta get it. You gotta get it. And yeah, then Darzel points out that making it, like nerfing it now after people have done a bunch of PvP to get it is like, F it. F that. Or they'll say, F you. And then they'll P us in the F. Yeah, they'll F us in the A without wearing a C. Uh, what's, a, what's a good thing that's not dirty? They'll, they'll um, find us in the Alps. They'll find us in the atrium uh, without wearing a codpiece. A corset? Corset, yes. You like pain? Try wearing a corset. Oh my god. <laughs> that is the dumbest line. Just, I love reminding you of that line. Why? Do you know. not think that that is a terrible line? And delivery? And it, it didn't stop the movie for me, no. <laughs> it was, I understand that it's a... It's certainly a piece of hackery. But I don't think of Pirates of the Caribbean as... A movie that I would be dismayed to find some hack writing in. Yeah, I guess it's the kind of it's the kind of hackery that makes the difference between a good a good dumb movie and a bad dumb movie, you know? I don't know. I don't know. There there are hours of fun banter in that movie. If they have one clunking line, that's alright. Yeah, it's just better if there's zero. I mean Snow White and the Huntsman, which I did not think was as good a movie as Pirates of the Caribbean, probably. It, none of the dialogue bothered me. None of it felt hacky to me. Hmm. Did any of it feel sack? (laughs) Yeah, it did. Uh, A lot of it made me want to feel my sack. Hmm. Anytime that... uh... I'm paralyzed from the dick forward. I can't feel my (laughs) sack. Anytime that hottie Kristen Stewart was on the screen... You know, she is pretty hot. She's not. Maybe my opinion of her is so tainted by having watched all the Rift Tracks Twilight movies that I, mm-hmm. I really can't see her as anything other than a dead-eyed little Muppet. Huh. I thought she was pretty in a Snow White movie. I wish she'd shut her mouth. So. Some, weird, some weird fantasy land where Charlie's Throne is worried that Kristen Stewart is prettier than she is. Yes, yeah, I... 
I think I don't know. That's how I know you're felt, gay. Felt natural to me. That's how I know you're. That's gay. how you know I'm gay. It's because I is because I think uh, that brunettes are more attractive than blondes in general. Yeah. That is not to say that every brunette is more attractive Brun- than every blonde. Dudes. I mean, if it was like you know <laughs> Roseanne Barr versus Marilyn Monroe, I guess I'd probably have to take one for the team. Always bet on blonde. Yeah, although Roseanne Barr is still alive, so really, if I had to sleep with one of them now, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Opportunity to sleep with Marilyn Monroe's skeleton, or have to sleep with Roseanne Barr? Having to pick one, I'd probably go for the skeleton. Oh yeah, the skeleton's not gonna mind. It's, I mean, for you, I guess it's easier to pretend that the skeleton's a dude. It's easier to pretend that the skeleton oh. is an underaged girl. Huh. <laughs> Give me some credit. Uh, your audio quality got super weird. I don't know if that's just like a Skype thing or what. Yeah, I think we're having a little dip in, in issue. Uh, it'll sound great mm-hmm. from on the recording. Oh, good. Well, yours will. Mine probably won't. Fluxdog says, "When can we expect to see more cheese-related content?" We're also, more- Dracula, dead and loving it, just because. That was the movie where Mel Brooks finally lost it. There's the well. There's that new zone uh, we've got that is a shot-for-shot recreation of Dracula dead and loving it, except everything is made of cheese. Yeah, yeah. Dracula is just a, like a big Gruyere. So Fluxdog is going to be super happy with Crumbo yeah. this year. And your character is a wheel of brie. God, Dracula dead and loving it was horrible. It had that. It uh, was it wasn't it like uh, it had Lindsay Lohan. It had I mean, that. what's that guy's name? Yeah, that guy. Frank Drebin. No, the actor, he, di- yeah. he died a couple years ago. Lindsay Lohan. What is that guy's name? Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. It was a, it's like a guy with a girl's name. Leslie what? Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. There we go. Yeah, and Leslie Nielsen as Dracula and Steven Weber as the vampire hunter. And they just forgot to put in any jokes. Steven Weber was the fuck-up brother from Wings. Right. He was also the lead in the uh, TV movie version of The Shining. Yeah, that was interesting. I remember that not being. I remember that not being bad, but it was just so hollow next to the Kubrick version that it didn't really get a fair shake. Because I thought the mini, I thought the miniseries of The Stand was actually pretty good. I actually really enjoyed the miniseries of The Shining until the end, when Stephen King, who wrote the thing, went. You know what I really missed when I wrote this is having the dad come back as a ghost and attend his son's high school graduation. It's like, yep. That's what you should have done, Steve. God damn it. And he should have a catchphrase that he's been repeating the entire movie that his ghost can repeat to his son, who of course can see him because he had the shiny. Yep. That was good and terrible. Uh, then we somehow lost Jake. We'll have to call him back. Maybe it'll ring, maybe it won't. You don't know. No, it's not gonna ring. Let's try again. Yeah. Ooh. I could belch really loudly on air. That's a good idea. Now, come on. How do you know there's no answer? You didn't even finish ringing. Oh. 
We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Let me close Skype. We opened it again. You hear all the little noises that Skype makes. Little Skrillex noises and little hums and buzzes. You know what you should do is listen to the song, and we'll see if we can figure it out. Just kidding. Apparently, I can Stop call. Stop the music. Stop Hold the phone. I need a, a sound effect of a record scratching. Yeah. And you're like, but what? The dog can disco dance? Yeah. So apparently, I couldn't call you back, but you could call me back. I don't know. My shit was trying to call over and over again. It got us in this weird quasi state. It's still showing me as connected on the same call, which is weird. I had to shut down my Skype and begin again. Mm. Uh, uh, fuck it, now I got the thread open uh, Davik is asking about why didn't bugbears drop uh, stainless steel rewards and it was because I sort of forgot uh, and I, then I didn't really understand how that code worked because it got moved around at some point right. and then uh, at the time at the time when I would have added it it like was too, it was late enough that I would have had to like hand them out to everybody who had already done runs and I didn't want to deal with that so I was like you know what the bugbear captain just doesn't drop stainless um, and it's weird it's weird that that's actually a thing uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read this long question but I did I did read it I'm not gonna read it aloud but I did read it gotcha. aloud to myself moving your lips mm-hmm yeah, um, I, and I see. It, it is weird because y- you know you wouldn't think that you would want any more stainless. You have so much fucking stainless stuff, but I guess it does matter. Like not getting it has got to kind of chafe. Anyway, uh, Stetherell says, "Hey guys, what do you think of having gear with a dynamic stat requirement, such as X main stat or X off stat? For example, a Moxie class might seem to see something like Moxie required X or Muscle or Mysticality required X, whereas a Muscle class would see Muscle required X." Uh, that way a new player wouldn't have to know what main stat or off stat means. I think normalizing when classes have access to certain items could generate some interesting design. I don't... I mean, I think it could only possibly be less interesting than it is now. Right? I mean, and that's... Uh, this fucking back item. God, that was fucking demoralizing today. And that wasn't even a bad thread. The thread about the fucking cape of the Goblin King. But I was just like, God damn it. Like, this is why I can't fucking do anything in this fucking game anymore. Hmm. Ah, man. Uh, that was mostly just me being angsty. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, Guggermunk says, I counter Erich's auto-sell request on the CSA fire starting kit with a different take. Let me smash the kits into useless powder. 
Uh, Lieutenant Kilroy says, Dear Jake, I'm tired of hearing about the tavern getting moved to the Forest Village thing. You said on multiple occasions, if I remember correctly, you like the idea of the tavern being like a kind of roadhouse, like in that movie, Cocktail. That is all. Smooches. <laughs> Kilroy XOXOXO. Yeah. We should do a we should do a film festival where we watch Roadhouse and then Cocktail. Hmm. We should actually watch the two porno movies, Cockhouse and Roadtail. <laughs> Roadtail uh, is like Roadhead, only better. Right. What uh, What other movies are there about bars? Uh, Cheers, the movie. Yes. Coyote Ugly. That may be too high a price to pay. You think? Are there at least some tits in that movie? Nope. You'd think. I actually saw Coyote Ugly in the theater. I was living with my sister in California at that point, and occasionally her and her husband would just go see a movie, like you do before mm-hmm. you have kids. So, you know, like we went without checking the times, and that was the only thing that was playing when we were there. So, yep, I saw me some Coyote Ugly on the big screen. I was insufficiently titillated to make it worth the experience. Oh, yeah, and then JLE points out that Mother Slime does drop a consumable. So, yeah. And then Electric Bolter says, yeah, but it's not good enough. And then JLE says, yeah, it is. And then Electric Bolter says, yeah, but that seems like kind of an afterthought. Uh, you kids. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of farting going on in that thread. Um, Mai says, can slash sell for auto-selling items please please be a thing? Yeah, isn't it? I thought we did that eventually. And then it was like super dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we did that. I did. How do you, can you still like do a slash question mark in chat to... I don't know how chat works. I think you can. I think you can slash question mark in chat. Let me scroll through these. Shroll. I'm shrolling. These are uh, kind of in random order. No, unknown command, sell. Huh. I guess we didn't do that. I don't even know, man. Uh, well, hey, that looks like that was all of that uh, all of that forum thread. About, uh, I think the Kitan Apprentice just posted, you said in a different thread that the purpose of the back item slot is so the characters can wear something on their backs. Do you have anything specific in mind, or did you just like the idea of back items as a general concept? Any plans to make the slot a place for any quest items or disguises? Oh, probably not. I don't know. There's nothing specifically like quest item-y in mind. There never really is. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, okay. I guess I should have hit F5 the way that one guy keeps saying to hit F5. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. Wit, wing. Back cape. Wing back cape. Capes and uh, I don't know, Doc Ock tentacles. <laughs> we should get some of those. Did you just hit an inhaler? No, I just uh, yawning is still kind of tricky because when I breathe in really deeply, I find the the strips of nails at the back of my chest cavity. Uh, that sucks. So yeah, you were saying that while you were in the hospital, it hurt to breathe pretty bad for a really long time, right? Yeah, I mean, that that was part of what caused the problem was it hurt to lie down in any position, so I ended up just sitting in a chair for, like, three days. Oh. Uh, that probably didn't make me... That probably hastened my approach to the hospital. 
Yeah, so that, that's upbeat. Yeah. Uh, let us go to the radio bugbear question, shall we? ACM writes, with regard to the invention of the term Librum, I just encountered it in the Dying Earth series, written in the 1950s and 60s. This guy uses dense vocabulary in a way that seems a bit like Lewis Carroll. That is, I wouldn't be surprised if 25% of it was invented by him, nor if it were all in the dictionary already. But anyway, Librum predates WoW by some decades. All right, that's good to know. Because it did seem like a good word. But I think it's one of those things, like, I feel like there are certain things that you... It's hard for you to Google now because of KOL. Right. Like there are more KOL pages about some item than there are about this, or that there are more web pages about some KOL item than there are pages about whatever the word is. Hmm. Orangutuan says, "Can you create an area called Whimsy Shire with rainbows and unicorns and lovely bunny, bunny rabbits and candy floss and ever soft, every soft, cute and lovable thing?" Somebody already did that, bro. Yeah. We're going to do the secret cow level, though. The Tristero says you lose an increased amount of stats when you lose a PvP attack on a stat versus a regular day. Now, that there is no ability to gain stats in PvP, would it make sense to get rid of the stat? Day increase penalty. Is Skype acting weird on your end? Uh, you sound kind of shatnery. Nope, uh, you, you sound fine. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I thought that I had made it so stat losses. Maybe I'm, I, you know, maybe that was one of those dumb like six six eight scroll fixes or something. Right. Where you could gain a lot of stats from them on stat days if the losses weren't also incrementally increased. I mean, that's probably just a thing that happens in the function that adds or subtracts stat points. So it would be, you know, non-trivial to get rid of it, but. Eh, you know, I say non-trivial. Probably be pretty trivial. Yeah. Uh, ACM says, It appears that your nemesis doesn't count as a boss for the PvP minigame. Oversight or feature? I thought some form of it did. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That, this, was a, this question was a while ago, and I imagine that some of that stuff has been dealt with in the intervening days. Dermega says, How about new skills that are just nice? Example, glamour can be permed in increments for 100 karma each. Uh, adds one sparkle to the avatar per level, similar to plexiglass, up to a maximum of 11 sparkles. Positions can be completely filled. Other cosmetic stuff for Karma is, of course, thinkable, too. Yeah, that was that was in the... That was in the design doc, the, the one that I keep in my head about every... That was in the What's Up doc, I like to call it, because it tells us what's going on. Oh. Uh, usually what's going on is, hey... Casey Wiederman says, Dear Jick, I feel like whenever possible you should randomize the subdomains and URLs pointing to hotdognet.com. And then he gives me a schema, which I think is pretty funny, actually. <laughs> uh, ACM says, I'm neutral on buffs decrementing during PvP, but you might want to accept everything looks yellow. Yeah, uh, that's... That, I, told, I think I told somebody to do that before. And then they were like, okay, I guess. I'll do that someday. And then I was like, alright, whatever. Apparently, according to Jamelli, Nemesis Form 1 counts as a boss. Sounds well, it might. Marge says, why can't we make blackberry pie? I don't know why you can't make blackberry you don't, pie. You know, because blackberry pie isn't a thing. <laughs> you make cobbler with a blackberry, not yeah. a pie. You never had, like, a peach pie versus a peach cobbler? 
what yes i've had both of those things because right. there is such a thing as both of those things there oh, yeah, is no like such a, thing as blackberry pie well a blackberry pie would be a blackberry cobbler with a crust on the bottom as well as the top i get it but you could also say I mean, oh let's have cons- a fart pie you know that thing you where you fart in a pie crust you've been reading but that doesn't make it, it doesn't make it a real thing why does it's this like pie com- taste like farts oh because it's fart pie three word phrase <laughs> Trump's bought me the three-word phrase book oh, at Comic-Con. Nice. Pretty good book. Full I thought of, about buying you a copy. Full of farts <laughs> and shit. Man, if the only thing that you bought me from Comic-Con was a three-word phrase book, I don't know, I would be conflicted. I think, you know, that this is a gift. It's a gift from a friend. Like, but it's... It, it could have been literally anything else. I didn't get you anything at Comic-Con. Is that one of those things where that makes me a thoughtless, horrible friend? No, I I would have asked if there was something I wanted you to get. If I wanted you to wait in line to get the My Little Pony thing. See, I was supposed to wait in line to get the My Little Pony thing for uh, Lilac. So I have to apologize to him. Mm. I think that might be one of the things. Well, no. No. I think we might have gotten hooked up with one of those. And encouraged to sell it on the Ebays. You should uh, mail it to Lilac, because he's cool. Uh, Vinoven says, The good work, gents. Keep up. Okay, I see what happened here. Keep up the good work, gents. Thanks for the recent updates, and congrats on getting the Word Realms backer stuff done. A recent interaction with customer service reaffirmed my decision to back your new project. Seeing fart in my unlock key just drove the point home. Keep up. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Fart occurred in that unlock key. Yep. Uh, the Iron Troll says, I'm loving Tales of the Word Realms, but I seem to have three of them, and they are untradeable. Can I please send one to a friend? No. You no. shouldn't have been able to get more than one, yeah? Yeah, but Is I fucked up I... and sent everybody three, because I'm yeah. an idiot. Evangion yeah. Q says, Tales of the Word Realms is two-handed? Why'd you cripple a donation item? Damn it, feels like I just wasted $26. I can't tell if this is a joke or not. I think it must be. Let's just pretend it is. Snave says, suggestion, move Haterade to the snack bar. I like that idea. I think I probably already intended to do that. Oh, man. And then Ernie R says, there's a drunken stupor adventure that still references Susie being in the nearby plains. I mean, I guess that could just be the drunken me forgetting that she's moved, but, oh, yeah, that's what it is. That's totally it. Uh, Linguini Lad says, what was the first ever Ascension-relevant familiar and or item to ever be released on Mr. Store? Also, was there a huge uproar from the people who don't want to donate? Well, Mr. Store came out before Ascension... Didn't it? Mr. Store? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that Mr. Store predated Ascension by a few months. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm guessing that, like, the Jekyll and Hyde belt, right? Because that was, wasn't that, like, the third item of the month? Really? I thought that was, like, a year in. Huh. Mm-hmm. I'll pull that up. Because yeah. it was, like, Dark talking. Jill was October then Hand Turkey for November and then Crimbo Elf for December so it wasn't the third one uh, Jacqueline was the next September so it was almost oh. a year oh well then I don't know I also don't know when Ascension came out <laughs> uh, of the hill people says can we have an item similar to the coffee cups for booze except it's a hobo brown paper bag booze wrapping uh, yeah that makes booze worse sure sounds good um, Feng Shui says, so the slideshow minigame in PvP is five days, which is brutal. Any reason that number was chosen instead of seven or ten? Uh, yeah, because that's how long we keep that particular history table. 
Uh, I don't know why uh, five was chosen instead of seven or ten, but yeah. Uh, the Iron Troll says, could you please make the CS8 discount card multi-usable? Yeah, I'm surprised that I didn't. Uh, let me see if there's some reason that that's not multi-usable. Bah. Um, boy, you know what I don't, uh, you know what I didn't miss before this trip was working on this fucking laptop. I think you could have another laptop if you wanted one, right? Well, I get, but they don't make a laptop with a real keyboard. I mean, what I should have done was just brought a real keyboard and mouse and monitor and desktop computer. Right. I mean, isn't uh, a laptop a desktop computer if you hook all those things to it? Uh, yeah, well, I guess. Sure. CSA discount card is item ID 5745. I look in the source and I go to 5745. I uh, go from store to store adding meat... Um, it doesn't say anything about you using the coupon, so I think I can just say multiplied times uh, item quantity, and then I build all use items, and then I mark this multi-usable, and then I need to test this on dev real fast, because right now if you use more than one, you'll just use them. So let's give myself 10 of item 5745 and use one. Uh, discount card that gave me 300 meat use two discount and it gives me 600 meat okay cool so that's done I wrote some code today then push all use items and they go out to the web servers and that's that Ah, so yes whoever asked that yes lovely Pablo Monk says, for big controversial changes to the game, changing the class skills and how, maybe you have a non-binding voting booth to get a sense of the community feeling. Too much slippery slope. I just, I don't have any interest in <sighs> caring enough to vote on something like, ah, Whoa. Wow, sorry, that came out of nowhere. Yo. Caring enough to vote about something like that is kind of the same as caring enough to post about it on the forums or complain about it. I just don't think that a poll is going to actually give a meaningful sampling of the way that the community would feel about it. I mean, I know for a fact that it, fundamental changes to the way that skills work would probably delight or completely fail to phase at all 95% of the player base. It's just the 5% that won't stop shitting up everything about it that stop those kind of things from really being possible. Um, because I mean they you know they just sort of poison the atmosphere like people it's not that it's not that they're like right or that they're right you know they're they're not even wrong right Mm. it's just it's just like you you can't yeah I don't know um Evangelion Q says can you fix it so you can gamble at the casino while drunk Uh, slot machines shouldn't be that tough I don't know there's a lot of strategy to slot machines yeah, you have to figure out which ones to play and which ones not to play. Yeah, you, there's no way you can do that when you're drunk. That's why they keep feeding you drinks at the casino. Green King Owen says, can Clannies be removed from the list of potential PvP opponents? Uh, I think they finally got removed from the random selection one. Although I could be wrong about that. Man, I sneezed myself into some weird thing where my voice sounds different inside my head. What the fuck uh, did I do? Doesn't, it sounds okay out here. Good. Primavera Angel Hair says... 
Wherefore you changed the cape to a codpiece and forced me to talk like a Mario. As a cape, it was actually worth getting for the first time ever. Well, sorry. That's People were whining, we... and I had to stick a dick down their throats. We hate joy. Yeah. Does anyone hate joy as much as we do? Um, yeah, and speaking of so. hating joy, do you want to end the joy of being on the show with me? Yeah. All right. Wax says, I love it when you change things live on the radio. Well, I love it when you listen and stuff, whack. Yeah, I love it when you whack us on or off. Thanks night, for everybody. listening, everybody. This has been fun. <laughs> I've missed night. you, Mr. Skullhead. I've missed you, too. Like the deserts missed the rain. <laughs>